Hey, Pelicans fans, DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, it has plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action in the games. Look, even friends and family, my mom's got into it because she likes the little parlays and checking stuff out for a dollar. And that's the best thing about this offer today. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into 100 that's right. You can pick up any basketball team that's still in the playoffs, any NBA team. Bet a dollar, and if they win, you get $100 to spend on the site. And don't forget, the DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. When you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits, bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. If they do, you'll win $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hey, New Orleans Pelicans fans, welcome back to the Protect the Nest podcast with your guy, Chris Dotson of Forbes Sports and Music Movement Hoops, giving you the unfiltered dunks of the day. And listen, Twitter, Pelicans Twitter. I know we we great we we retweet and go after people at, 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 at such a rate that between the Saints and the Pelicans we get rated in all those little things as having the most intense, engaged, uh, most intelligent, most passionate fan bases that we can get. But some of us got to calm down. Some of us just got to calm down. Y'all trying to trade Brandon Ingram. Y'all trying to get rid of Stan Van Gundy after the season. Y'all trying to chase David Griffin out of town before he's even halfway through with his contract. So let's talk. Let's talk, Pelicans fans. Look, Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, David Griffin, has been preparing for this offseason his entire professional life. He's learned the ropes all the way up the career ladder in Phoenix till he was a senior vice president. But look, 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 look. He, he even went to Cleveland and put tried to put his stamp on a full rebrand, but then LeBron James moved back home. When LeBron James moves back home, Griffin, his his job changed from rebuild with Wiggins and all that was going on there to to just make him happy and content. So his stamp on that full rebuild, his fingerprints was kind of smudged off of that one. That's all LeBron James. That's all Cleveland's ever going to remember for that championship is LeBron brought that home. But for this New Orleans Pelicans team, Griffin, he's got to elevate a sense of ownership over the direction and future of this team more than he felt with the Suns and Cavs. I mean, it, it, the Suns, yeah, he was raised in their organization, 17 years. But it was more of him being raised in a culture than him being able to implement his own ideas and to, and to do the sustained championship culture type build out that he's trying to do in New Orleans. It, it, since his first press conference, he's taught, he's continuously used that phrase, sustained championship culture. Uh, if we ever win a title or a couple playoff series and we get to, say, a conference finals, even if we flame out in a way that Portland has done where they got to the conference finals, 
didn't do too much next season, brought the band back together. Now they're trying again. That's a sustained championship culture, even if you don't win a championship. And I think that's what David Griffin's trying to talk about. He wants to make sure this team is always winning at least one playoff series. When you get to the Final Four of the Western Conference, hey, anything can happen. Look at hey, in the Eastern Conference, Joel Embiid, a little knock on his knee. Now Washington's got a game. They got a little life in them. They feeling a little hope. And you never want to let Russ Westbrook feel a little hope like that. Because if he takes another game off of you, drops another triple-double, Oh, but we'll talk about the rest of the NBA playoffs in a later podcast. This is just about the Pelicans. This is just about David Griffin going to have a career-defining offseason. This is maybe not this offseason, but the next 18 months. For the next 18 months, it will define David Griffin's career, and it will also chart the path of the next 8 to 10 years of Pelicans basketball, depending on where David Griffin winds up this offseason, next offseason. Does he have to get rid of Stan Van Gundy before Van Gundy enter his, enters this fourth uh, year of the contract? Will there be an extension for David Griffin? All of that will matter because it, it, it Zion Williamson is going to be watching. If we get Zion to sign on, we've got him this year. We get the contract extension next year, the fifth-year options. Keep on going. We could have Zion for another five, six, seven years. So – this, no matter what happens at that point, whether he goes the AD route, the Chris Paul route, the Shaquille O'Neal force himself out, the way any star is going to try and get to a winning situation, that's going to define the few years after that season. So that's why this 18 months will define, again, not only David Griffith's career, but the next eight to 10 years of Pelicans basketball. And look at how he's building it. First, the draft. You got Zion Williamson. He went and got Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's starting to come out of his shell after the sophomore year and really show something special. You got Kyra Lewis Jr. Kind of really, if Nikhil doesn't work out or we need a backup point guard, uh, a combo guard, something like that, one of those two can fill in that spot. I doubt they'll jump into the starting unit and, and really push for, like, say, an all-star bid. And that's what we need from the spot to to get Williamson and Brandon Ingram into the playoffs and really challenge him for titles. So Griffin's built out the bottom end of this roster from the draft. He's got more coming. He's got a lot of draft picks, but he's not going to use them all. There's no way he's thinking that some kid in high school right now, he's going to wait for that kid to develop before he's really thinking to push Zion Williamson into or and, and Gail Benson into, say, a luxury tax situation and Zion Williamson into – NBA Finals contention. But you can build patiently through the draft. And depending on what they do, look at what they, they can do with this year's pick. If it lands on the top four, maybe they keep it. Maybe they can trade it for a, a big star. But if it drops to the 10th, 11th spot, it's not worth as much. So David Griffith's been building slow that way. He didn't want to push all his chips into the middle too soon. A lot of people said you could, he should have traded up for Ja. He should have did this. He should have kept the pick and kept Hunter. All of that is hindsight. It, really, we can look at it as Anthony Davis. He could have forced Anthony Davis to stay and play with Drew and Zion. If AD, right, maybe they win a championship and he stays. Maybe they don't. AD still leaves. You get nothing for it. Zion and AD on the same team, you're diminishing the skills of Drew Holiday somewhat. You're re re relegating him to a lesser role. So now he doesn't get to show as much of his talent as he did last year. And you get less for him on the trade market. All that hindsight doesn't matter. We're looking this offseason going forward as a career-defining thing. It helps 
me to believe that Griffin will be here the full five years at least because his relationship with Gail Benson is different than that with, say, a Dan Gilbert. That this allows him to feel that ownership with the Pelicans. And he David Griffin tries to transfer that feeling throughout the franchise. He wants the owners and players. I mean, literally from the owners, players, down to the janitors, down to Aaron Nelson and the player developmental staff, Teresa Witherspoon, the coaching staff, the the end of the bench, the ball boys. They He wants them. Everybody has got a little bit of ownership into this team, and they're also going to be held to a higher level of accountability because at the core of that championship culture it is that ownership and accountability that David Griffin's been just harping on since he got in. And that allows him to operate differently. He's got his draft picks that he's 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 hand picked. He didn't have to trade any of them away like he did in Cleveland. He gets to build out from that using all the spare parts from the last regime, and that's when we entered the trade negotiations. I mean, he got the most leverage out of the AD contract, despite what uh, Rich Paul has come out and said, and how he talked to AD and explained that if they can't pay the luxury tax, there's no point in staying. Hey, look. We don't know if they'd have paid or not. Again, hindsight, Boogie Cousins got hurt. AD didn't want to stay and play with Zion. Bygones be bygones, and he could go on it. Y'all know the rest. But looking at the trade market, he got the most out of the AD negotiations. He got the most out of the Drew Holiday negotiations. He found in both instances the teams that were not only had the best packages, but were the most desperate. Milwaukee was the most desperate because they needed to upgrade from Bledsoe. They needed to give Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton a third star to push them, and, and it looks like they've done so. They've gotten a, they look a lot better this year than they did in the bubble, uh, going from losing to the Heat to sweeping the Heat. The Heat's a different team, but you can look at this Bucks team and see they're just a, a different beast this year, and that they are really going to cause problems to the Nets, who I think that they'll they'll run into. The AD, yeah. We could have pushed AD to Boston. We don't know how that would have turned out. It look it, it looks like they, depending on how you feel about Lonzo and Josh Hart, Boston's package might have been better player-wise, but draft pick-wise, we'll never know what they were offered. You mix the trade market, you mix the draft picks, and you mix everything that's happened in these first two seasons. And you got to say that Griffin's first two years, they've really been a mixed bag at best due to injuries. Griffin took his fair share of the blame for these underwhelming seasons just because he said, look, you got to make the pieces fit a little better. You could see that this was a rather, he said it was a rather wonky group at times for coach Stan Van Gundy. That's on the front office. They're the ones that put this wonky group together. They're the ones that not only traded for Bledsoe, but extended Adams. They're the ones that, you know, uh, got rid of a Kenrich Williams and a Frank Jackson, but brought in J.J. Reddick, who was aging and really just, they knew he was not checked into this season before the season started. You put coach in a bad spot because you gave him a player that didn't want to be here. You can't blame anybody else but the front office. I'm not giving J.J. Redick a pass for Vernon Bridges, but I can't give David Griffin a pass when this player said he didn't want to come. You've convinced him, coalesced him, cajoled him. i done everything possible to say, just give me a time. Give me a little bit more. They didn't want to give it. But they showed up just because being available got them paid. Beyond being available, everything I'm hearing from inside the building, J.J. Reddick was checked out. Yeah, he might be clapping on the bench a little bit. He might be up in here. But he was never in the moment, engaged, 
trying to win championship focus. And if you take any professional athlete at this level from 100% focus, even down to 99.9, something's changing. And it, JJ looked like he was maybe 70, 80, 90%. It, it wasn't that great. Go back and listen to all the coaching series interviews I've been doing the last two months for Protecting Nest Podcast. Give us a five-star review for those, if nothing else. There's a lot of great information from Coach Roy Poplin, Coach Sean Dumas, uh, Coach Kyle Rowan up at USM, and the list goes on. They'll tell you, you lose a little bit of that. You got a player that's got to be talked into the gym. You, you get a player that's got to be talked into the gym. He's no longer a baller or a hooper. He's just a body. And we don't need bodies. We don't need wonky groups. We need engaged uh, rosters. And look at the rest of what Griffin said. He did we not we did not have enough shooting for him to play versatile lineups. I'd argue they had shooting. They just kind of checked out. Melly did not adapt. Reddick was checked out. We had injuries. Ingram did so much. Lonzo actually helped in the spacing part, but free throw wise, he couldn't help at all. And Griffin goes on. We did not have enough attention to detail. How does the front office not have enough attention to detail to help the coaching staff? One, they have a short offseason, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it was, with the bubble and the coronavirus and the pandemic. But now they've got 20 weeks. And you could say the attention to detail, let's not give Graven Griffin a pass there either because he had plenty of uh, sample size and details about Julius Randle and Christian Wood. They let him walk. That's two players I think everybody agrees we could still use in New Orleans. That would have helped out way more than what was brought in, the Reddicks. Come on. I, I don't want to keep keep beating on that drum, but you had to have known who wanted to be here, who didn't, and you had to get rid of them. And that's sort of what this season was about. They say there's some friction with the players and whatnot with Stan Van Gundy because he was too hard and coached them, but – David Griffin backed Stan Van Gundy. He's, he had a five-year plan. He hired Stan Van Gundy to go with that plan. He was not going to deviate from that plan after one shortened offseason where, again, Griffin said there was not enough five-on-five practices. He couldn't explain what it meant to people that aren't basketball fans. But when you're not getting to address on a daily basis the things that are you doing wrong as a young team and actually work on that thing, those things, it makes the coach's job almost impossible. The possibilities next season are endless. This team could could make a big move for who have we heard? Bradley Beal, Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, now that the Heat have been swept. I still think Portland will blow it up once they're knocked out of the playoffs and you can go get Dame or CJ. There's going to be more options out there than, the, than most of us believe. But, hey, there's a lot of moves that happen under the radar. And we're like, oh, that makes perfect sense after the fact, but nobody saw it coming. Uh, Milwaukee wasn't the top choice for most of the Drew Holiday trades on, on in New Orleans fan groups and circles and Twitter. They were looking at Denver. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how that plays out. But the best thing and what encouraged me, encourages me the most about this front office is Griffin knew he would need help. And he went out to make these decisions. And he he, he stocked the most, one of the most diverse front offices in the league. And he also made sure that those diverse minority voices were also champions, not only in their personal lives and professional lives, but on the court. You got Trajan Langdon, Swing Cash, Teresa Witherspoon. That's leading the way. He, he's done a lot to make sure that if they go at this problem of making, making the roster 
a bit more competitive around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. If things go awry, it won't be because they lack attention to detail. That cannot be the case this offseason, next offseason at the trade deadline. The Pelicans, again, they have all those draft picks. They can send multiple first-rounders to any team wanting to send New Orleans an all-star without even depleting their supply of cheap rookie contracts to fill the roster in future seasons. They'll still have, you know, a, at least a couple picks going forward every other year. They, they can stagger them out and not even trade their own, but trade Los Angeles' picks and Milwaukee's picks and all that sort of stuff. Either way, they if they kept what they have right now they had and this kept this pick, they'd have six players on rookie contracts. Those contracts can help a team avoid a luxury tax bill, but not many teams make deep playoff runs with that many young players. You don't win championships with 19, 20, 21-year-olds. Said it before, got to keep saying it. They've got to get they've got to get better, they've got to get older. Uh David Griffith said they need more spacing and shooting. They also need more basketball IQ. That just comes from people who have made mistakes and don't want to get embarrassed again. Stan Van Gundy called this team out and said they were not afraid of getting embarrassed on one end. They were more worried about missed shots on the other end. That can't be the case. We've used this season to evaluate who can handle the coaching, who can handle the rough patches. I think, look, Eric Bledsoe, at least he owned up to the mistake of tuning out Stan Van Gundy. And, you know, maybe we win that next game. Maybe we're going to run. We don't know what happens again. Hindsight. Steven Adams, he helped really soldier us through this season. And I think he can really be an asset moving forward. Even if his his role on the team might not quite match his cap pip at seventeen million, I feel, still think if he provides a good twenty something minutes a night, locker room presence, steady guy next to Jackson Hayes, and maybe another veteran that comes in, or we keep Hernan Gomez, that those sorts of things will play out. But there's still one more big move. There's one more again to wrap this up. Going on twenty minutes, one more career defining, franchise altering move coming from David Griffith. If it doesn't happen this offseason, the trade deadline is a possibility, but next offseason he would be on the clock to make sure this team is ready for an NBA Finals type run. They were built for that sort of season. Or he's looking at not only having to get rid of his coach, bring in an interim coach, he's looking at maybe not getting a contract extension. And then we're looking at a whole new front office trying to appease Zion Williamson, and we're back in the same situation as one front office leaving, another coming in, keeping the old regime's head coach with Gentry, trying to move forward. Williamson's there. AD's out the bit. We, we in New Orleans don't need that anymore. We need David Griffin to hit this out the park. If he doesn't, his career will be raised by the Suns. They, they had a decent few seasons there. Even with Gentry, seven seconds or less and all that. But nothing special happened in Phoenix. Nobody won a championship. Nobody nobody really did much there. And, and if they did, David Griffin's not going to get the credit for that. You take it to Cleveland. Again, David Griffin will not get credit for that championship, even though he did a lot of moving par- uh, pieces around, kept, kept the roster fresh, kept LeBron, you know, appeased. Had his friends around, Mike Miller on the end of the bench. Uh, I did everything he could, but David Griffin won't get the credit, especially since he didn't win it with his coach. He had to get rid of Black and bring in Ty Lue. Now let's look at New Orleans. He falls flat here. This is a career-defining offseason for David Griffin. 
So, Pelicans fans, five-star review me. Holler at the articles. Just posted something on the Pelicans, uh, mostly about David Griffin in this future and what they could do with Bledsoe, Adams, and whatnot, but also the Saints. If you want to uh, smoke their fire, the Saints could land uh, Julio Jones and make a move. They got a lot of things they can do after these post-June 1 cap cuts. So get at me there. Again, Pelicans fans, hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend. Looking forward to the rest of the playoffs, the draft, this offseason. It's going to be a fun one. Stick around. We got more coming from the podcast. This is Protect the Nest. Go to DraftKings, code TBPN. It's the Basketball Podcast Network. That's the initials. Appreciate y'all. Look forward to talking to you again soon.